0: Many of you know Axis deer is considered to be the best-tasting venison on the planet. I've been hearing that for years. And that those deer cause some ecological harm. Well, Maui Nui venison is bringing those Axis deer to the market. So you can get some fresh cuts and sticks shipped to your door. Visit MauiNuiVenison.com. That's M-A-U-I-N-U-I venison.com. Use promo code MEATEATER for 20% off your order. This festival and concert season will be all about the boots, and Tacova's is your stop before attending your next concert. All Tacova's boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. Yes, Steve, they're very comfortable, they're very fashionable, and I enjoy wearing mine around the office and anywhere I go. Stop by your local Tacobas store, have a complimentary drink, and shop new styles. If you can't make it to a store, just visit tacobas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com. And find your new favorite pair of boots today. If you're 21 or older, consume nicotine or tobacco and want to join the Black Buffalo herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online. They ship directly to most states or check out their store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative Bold Flavor Full Pouches. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. This is the Meat Eater Podcast coming at you shirtless, severely bug bitten, and in my case, underwearless. We'll hunt, the Meat Eater Podcast. You can't predict anything. Presented by OnX Hunt, creators of the most comprehensive digital mapping system for hunters. Download the Hunt app from the iTunes or Google Play Store. Know where you stand with OnX. <sighs>
1: And yeah, like, you probably want to be like within a foot of the okay. bottom.
2: And then when you feel it, you just kind of like jerk it up and then pull it in, or yeah,
1: you want to do like a an exaggerated setting motion.
2: And are the the rods always this short?
1: Yeah, that's the normal that's length. That's the normal that's length. That one that Steve has over there is the custom long daddy.
2: And like, what's the logic about the really short rod?
1: Because you're fishing such close quarters, you know. Mm-hmm. Long of the rod, you had to be ten feet back, you know. There you go. Drop it down a little. There
3: you go.
4: There you go. Leave it, don't move it, don't move it. Oh, you, you scared him. Right. Hit him,
0: hit him, hit him! Yay! Hey, why are you, Yay! you aiming that up at the sky? <laughs> 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 I don't
1: know. Hey, lift him up, Brynn. Closer to your face. First face through the ice.
2: Mm-hmm. First time on the ice. Yeah. How about
1: Rod. how about ever? Have you fished before?
0: Mm-hmm. Are you all together? set up, Phil, for I'm us inside? Okay hey, everybody, welcome. We are in a giant
3: Oh get Jimmy what yes! are you doing? Yes! Oh, Jimmy, get yes! the yes! Yeah! yeah! In
0: a yeah, giant fishing. Eskimo ice shanty oh. fishing. The bite <laughs> is on and off. This thing is uh it's, this shanty's bigger than our podcast studio. <laughs> <laughs> it's called the Fat Fish. It's got like, what else? It's like the Fat Fish something. I, I, I just saw the it's Fat a, Fish. It's, it's a nine-person shanty. Yeah. We're in a nine, we, but we're fishing one, two, three, four. Oh, there we go. We're fishing we're on. seven. Yeah. We're on. Miles is on. Ooh. Oh,
3: oh, oh, Get him, get him,
0: get him, get him! Goodbye. And that's why you need to bring a little mini gas. <laughs> <laughs> Lost it at the hole. At the hole. What Lost about, it at the hole. What
2: about that, uh, like soup ladle thing you used to scoop the ice out of the holes?
0: The soup ladle? That would have worked. Yeah, you know that. The skimmer. The skimmer. <laughs> if you uh, you must eat some thick ass soups. <laughs> if, you soup, if you soup with a skimmer, if you scoop soup with a skimmer. Uh, the bite is on and off. We got some. We got some cameras down. We got a camera down that looks so good. It's like a what? The Markham Quest HD. It's like why? I feel like we're like you could watch the Super Bowl on this thing. <laughs> <laughs> like right now, we're watching uh, a, a bluegill give my my little boy the stare down. Here he comes, Jimmy. Uh, he's just He's just
2: looking at it. Yeah,
0: bigger than the podcast studio. Here we are, nine-person Um We're going to talk... Uh, Spencer, explain the main thing we're going to do. Like, explain what the... Um, explain the fact-checker
5: series. Last time I was on the podcast. I think you should call it the ball buster. That might confuse people. That might, <laughs> uh, You get a whole... You'd get a whole different sorta. Go ahead. <laughs> Last time I was on the podcast, we covered some of the recent fact checkers that I had written. Like, should you drink urine in a survival situation? <laughs> the answer is no. Our daddy long legs. So yeah, I was like, whole Bear Grylls' entire career is based mm-hmm. off a of false notion. Yep. Yes. Yep. Another one we talked about. Um, our daddy long legs.
3: Oh. oh, oh. oh! Steve with
5: the bluegill. Oh. Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Are daddy long legs the most venomous spider in the world? <laughs> uh, the answer is no, and there's a whole bunch of things wrong with that statement. Uh, you can go back and listen to that episode with Danielle and I if you want to hear more about those. Uh, so, th- so those are some of the things we cover in the fact checker series. Take...
0: Yeah, but uh, can I ask the fact checker question? Mm-hmm. Do, uh, do you do you do you like what if the fa- What if you're like yes, in fact, it's true? Do you get less interested in it? No,
5: no. Because one of the ones you like the ones where it's wrong, I like that. Um, I think within the series, I've only had a handful that are true. One of them was one that your uh, best buddy and amateur historian. <laughs> oh!
0: oh, he missed come it on twice button.
5: before he ate it. Oh, come on, but You were watching. Yeah, okay, go ahead. Sorry. One of the true ones that we recently <laughs> covered uh, was uh, one that Joe Rogan loves to repeat. And that's that during World War I, they had to have a ceasefire to, like, beat down the wolves that were moving in on them. And you fought, yeah, yeah. And that's, like, a legit story. That one was true. In 1917, there were a bunch of newspapers like uh, the El Paso Herald, the New York Times, the Oklahoma City Times. I think those were the three places they all reported on this. This dispatch came out of Berlin talking about how uh, the war that was fought in, like, these rural areas had displaced large packs of wolves. And having them moving into uh, like these small villages and stuff, and they were taking down a bunch of goats and cattle, and in two instances, children. They killed uh, children. The wolves also ended up like just going to the front lines and eating on wounded fighters. And, and it was all true. Historians estimate that they killed hundreds of wolves during this time. The two yeah, they sides, even took a break from shooting at each other to yeah, kill wolves. They, they were decided, out feeding on wounded people. They decided to have a ceasefire if this were to happen, and and it did happen. Um, Is it hard and, to focus talking to someone who's catching so many fish? Oh, a little <laughs> bit, a little bit. It was so bad that they described the wolves as a plague, and, and that one was true. It's hard to believe, but uh, that one happened. So some fact checkers are in fact. I think the Ur- facts. like European wolves are like sort of a different kind of groove, man.
0: Because mm, yeah. like in Romania, you get like you know just, they're, they're more inclined to uh, European. Look at this. They're, they're more inclined to... Uh, man, it's very hard to do this. Uh, <laughs> it's very hard to host while you're... Well, I almost need
5: to put down my rod. Oh, Look you got this. another one. Oh, dude, I'm just like on fire. European wolves are more inclined to bite folks. One of the quotes from the 1917 New York Times article said, Poison, rifle fire, hand grenades, and even machine guns were successively uh-huh. tried in attempts to <laughs> eradicate the nuisance. Corinne, why in the world, when you're fighting a fish... Do you know what a rod's supposed to do?
2: <laughs> but I caught it. Didn't she caught it.
0: Correct. <laughs> yeah, you did. No, but you I'm did. doing.
2: I'm doing this like.
0: Okay. Like, it's yeah. customary when fishing to not point the rod
2: at the sky directly
0: at the sky. <laughs> <laughs> you're shooting for a sort of like you want to think of you're shooting sort of a ninety degree angle. Okay between the 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 uh, uh, yeah.
2: Yep, I see what you're doing.
0: You're mm-hmm. you're moving it so that your rod <laughs> is I can't really someone who's got the vocabulary to explain what you're doing. I Karim mean, I does? can
2: explain <laughs> what I'm doing. So like instead of moving the rod uh, vertically up kind Even of in parallel, in parallel exactly. I am like whipping my wrist back so that the rod is like at a, what is this? Yeah, do you
0: know how long I've been Perpendicular
3: to the ground?
2: I have
0: (laughs) never seen one. I've never seen someone do that.
1: I take that as a compliment. (laughs) Uh,
2: Maybe I feel like... You uh, didn't do
1: enough guiding, Steve. Tell me all these things. Tell me more
0: about...
5: Tell me more. uh, Give me some more. What
0: what all fact checkers
5: should we discuss today? You said these European wolves like to bite. One of the quotes of the New York Times article was, the wolves, nowhere to be found quite so large and powerful as in Russia, were desperate in their hunger and regardless of danger. So it, it agrees with you there.
0: Like the, the, this displacement and all this
5: warfare had driven them to dire measures. Yeah. Yep. And uh, then the two sides had took dire measures and, and started fighting the wolves instead of each other.
0: So what got you interested in that fact checker? Was, Rogan, was it Rogan talking Oh, yeah, about? yeah, yeah. You know, he, Rogan, he repeated it yeah. so many times, yeah. and I'm
5: like, I, I, ho- I surely hope this is true because that's a large audience that's hearing that. Yeah. Uh,
0: oh!
5: Oh! Just nailing them.
0: Another perch in the house. Just nailing him. Yeah. He's tearing up. You want to keep that one, bud? You want me to keep this one? A uh, couple things we're going to talk about. We're gonna, I got I got some like comments um, that I tried to keep them mostly uh, ice related. You'll watch. It's it's you're going to see some elastic. You're going to see some hosting. Okay. Some very flexible hosting. Mm-hmm. Um, one I just can't figure out. Maybe someone can help me how to make it seem relevant to uh, to the ice. One is uh, this is what I need help on. We were talking the other day about ethanol and gas and what it does to, like boat motors and whatnot. The guys from steel chainsaws wrote in with some clarifications. Like why you know when you see uh, when you go to a gas station, you see like the big signs ethanol free or low ethanol and all that. And we're talking about to what degree is that old? Like do you know, like old engines didn't like ethanol, but modern engines supposedly tolerant. The guys from steel chainsaws were saying that um ethanol can start breaking down and separating from fuel in as little as one week. They're saying that. When running machines for extended periods of time, you can use the E10 fuel with the right oil mixture because the ethanol doesn't have time to break down. He's talking about like your vehicle, like you run through gas in your vehicle quick enough where it's just not, you know, not lingering. But he said the number one problem with small equipment seems to be fouling from ethanol. When it breaks down, it can gum up the carbon fuel system and break down the rubber hoses. They say if you're using ethanol fuel, they recommend you run the fuel all the way out of your engine before you store it for an extended period of time. They say that uh, either way, for for equipment, they say that non-ethanol fuel is preferred. And steel actually makes pre-he goes on to say this. That uh, steel makes pre-mixed fuel with no ethanol called Moto Mix. So they make like a pre-mixed fuel and now a regular fuel with no ethanol Called Moto Mix, and it's saying that uh, when you buy these cans of this stuff, it has a shelf life of over 10 years when unopened. Huh? Nice. Yes, think of that? What are you doing, Yanni? Looking up how to fish? <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, bass on.
0: Oh, oh, first one. Oh. Foul mouth ba- bass coming up. Big mouth billy. Big mouth billy coming up. Is he taking drag? It's, yeah. it's fighting so hard that Miles' camera's rocking back and forth. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but I'm on to one. Oh, I think your stupid bass tangled my rod. Feels oh. like it. No. Oh, they stripped me.
1: Man, Miles, that's a long fight for a. Yeah, uh, how loose the is, is ice. your drag? Very loose is, is his bass.
0: playing it soft. It's very man. loose drag. Get him. Big mouth. It's ooh, not that ooh, big. You're but... Tangled up. Oh!
1: oh, hey.
0: oh! Giant. That'll Holy make cow. a nice
1: fried fish sandwich. We keep it, Daddy? No, we're not keeping that fish.
0: But no,
3: yes, please. I love large
1: mouth. It's. <laughs> <laughs> why would we not keep it, Daddy?
0: Please. please. Miles caught it. It's his fish to decide. Wow. I don't. I, I don't need that fish. It. Please. If if you want like catching those, people yes, like catching those. I'll clean it. Please. No, Jimmy. I'll clean it. Please. no, Jimmy. Yes, that I
1: will. I, s- I swear. People like catching those big bass, oh. man. People Miles come down. might accidentally drop it. No, no, give it to me. I don't understand why we would let it go. Oh. People because come down there aren't that many catch. bass in here people want to come down oh, and catch those things there are There's, very
4: few bass in unlimited here unlimited
0: numbers of perch and bluegill well, I'll
4: keep I promise I will keep all the perch and bluegill
0: for you buddy but I'm going to let the bass go um, the perch and bluegill are not as cool as bass I agree uh, yep yeah, but people like to catch those things you are kind of in a local town pond here you don't want to catch
3: a bass I'm keeping
0: it you're in a local town pond and yeah if
1: you keep a ba- if you ca- you're allowed 5 a day bud. uh Here's a good one. It's, Hold on. What do you you can, can, looks like you're loading up a, a lot over there on your bait. You know why? Because I'm
0: hosting. And when I'm hosting, I'm not able to pay as much attention as I'd like and they keep stripping me.
1: Oh. So I'm trying to find some way that I can keep in the game. Okay. And they're my worms. I worm, just wasn't making a sure. And they're my worms anyway. You are doing to f- something over there that might help me catch some fish too.
0: No, I'm just trying to keep in the game when I can be inattentive. All right. Uh how do you make that ice? Oh, you know, I, I, I know how to make it ice applicable. You know another thing that will mess your engine up? Is if you uh, drop it through the... water in your fuel? No, no, yeah, you drop it into the ice. Uh, Spencer was saying that you, you dropped... Um, we were talking about who dropped the the most expensive thing down the hole. I saw a lot of spuds go through. Mm. Not a lot, but I've seen spuds go through. We one time dropped a 330 bear down through a hole in
5: the <laughs> ice trap in Beavers, but we were able to get it back out with a long pole. But you lost your rangefinder. I put a rangefinder down one. I think, like any good Midwesterner, uh, you seamlessly transition from hunting season into fishing season. Like not into skiing season or no. something stupid. Mm-mm. No, it goes into you go into fishing season. Yep. So you're wearing like the same warm bibs that you were hunting with in December, and then you go ice oh, fishing in them. Forget your rangefinders in your jacket. You lean over, rangefinder down the hole. That, that probably doesn't happen to be a real, real did often. Did you uh, did you make any attempt at retrieval? No, I think it was like twenty some feet of water. We'ren't getting that one back.
0: Uh, you know how we've been covering this Isle Royal situation. Mm-hmm. So, like Isle Royal in my is, is a in my home state, it's an island up in Lake Superior. It's kind of like at a map. It looks like it more like belonged to Ontario. They got kind of screwed. It seems it's our. It's Mich- it's the, It's America's island. Kind of looks like it should belong to Ontario. Miles, oh, on? I'm on, buddy. Oh, nice perch. Nice perch. Isle Royale. We've talked about, you should go back and listen to the whole library episode. So we, this thing of the thing about Isle Royale is kind of crazy where historically, I'm not talking like way ass ago. I mean, in, in, in the modern era of the United States, um, Isle Royale in Lake Superior was a lynx caribou island, which is kind of crazy to think about. But over time, it transitioned and stuff like comes and goes across the ice. And at some point in time, uh, this is a little bit controversial, like how this happened, Fishon. Um, at hey, some point. Can
1: I uh, interrupt just for a second? I need some bait. Can you give me one of those eyeballs? Are we allowed to use eyeballs here in Montana? Technically, no. It's uh, a game fish part. You have to use a sucker eyeball. All right, well, don't give me an eyeball then. I'll take one of them worms. So,
0: Isle Royal, historically out in Lake Superior, northern Michigan, was, uh, had lynx and caribou on it. And at some point in time, and it's a little bit like, there's a little bit of debate about how this happened, but moose, uh, probably the lake froze and moose walked out and got out on the island. And at some point in time later, um, when the, in the winter when the ice is frozen, this island got colonized by wolves. And people kind of really like fell in love with this sort of moose-wolf situation out there. Um, and it sort of became this thing where like everybody's like, oh, it's so great, we have moose and wolves out on Isle Royal, and, and it's all great and happy. But over time, you, you've had these kind of like wild fluctuations, and right now, you have a diminishing wolf pack where the, the existing wolf pack that was out there got down to like two wolves. So someone had the great idea of to increase the naturalness of this place, they would just truck new wolves out there, and they truck new wolves out there and the first thing the new wolves do is kill the two existing wolves that lived out there and they're still not getting the moose population under control. So this, this state representative named Stephen Johnson from Michigan's out 72nd district, he's sponsoring some legislation in the state um, that's moving out of committee and passing through the state house that would be a resolution so it's basically a thing that opens a conversation where a resolution suggesting that the National Park Service should be using hunting to limit the wolves on Isle Royale. And some people got all, they're, they're all worked up about this. But he points out that this would be a thing that the National Park Service has done this. They've used hunts to control other wildlife populations in the past. You kind of have this little bit of like aquarium situation out there. I feel, where, um, you know, it's just, it's this just small, almost like experimental little place. And I think it's a great idea because everybody's talking about there's too many wolves. They're eating themselves out of house and home. People would be happy to go hunt them there. The wolf thing is not coming along right now. It'd be a quick solution to the problem. Some people are freaked out that, oh, they'll just wind up hunting the wolves and do extinction. But he points out that they monitor these moose very closely and they can just decide if their numbers get down they can decide some year nice job buddy to issue zero permits at all so he's uh offered to come on the show sometime and talk about this we got an email from a waterfowl researcher so like a duck researcher who's doing work on ducks in breeding and other things and one of the things they're looking at that's kind of interesting is they're looking at the implications of what's called game farm mallards and up until a couple years ago, I had no idea that there is such a thing, but we were in Chesapeake Bay. What were we doing? We were hunting a deer, right? That's right. And I was looking off this bridge, and it's kind of like a famous duck hunting area that we were in. And I'm looking off this bridge, and there's all these mallards that, like, for being during hunting season and in a heavily hunted area, these mallards are just kind of like sitting and acting weird in a weird place, and I commented on it. And a friend of mine was pointing out how those are like game farm mallards, which people come, and they're like, man, I want to get a duck. I don't care. And so they raise these mallards up and let them go, and people kind of pretend to hunt them. What was
1: the locals' term? They had a term for those ducks. You remember? Was it just dummy ducks? Dummy ducks? That might have been it. Can't remember. Yeah, it'd be like if you're like you kind of like the sounds of
0: hunting, but you're not actually any good at it, or you don't have patience, what you can do is you just go and have a guy make duck. It'd be like hunting. Let's say you were hunting you wanted to go hunt grouse, but you weren't you couldn't figure it out. So you just hunted chickens instead of a farmyard. But in this case, they raise ducks up and then the ducks kind of look like a wild duck. And then people pretend that they're hunting them when in fact, they're just kind of shooting them. So this guy's looking at like, what does this mean for wild duck populations? And they have all these uh, ducks from museum specimens. Um, They've got museum ducks that they were able to do genetic work on that go back to 150 years ago. And they're looking at a couple things. One thing you're looking at like how what what is the relationship of black ducks and mallards? And earlier they, there was this earlier work that suggested that black ducks with as we get as more and more mallards came into new areas that it was making the black duck through hybridization, the black duck was kind of vanishing and becoming a mallard through like inbreeding or not inbreeding but hybridization with mallards. And they're found that contrary to that, that's not actually true, but the interesting thing is is these like fake duck farms, the dummy duck farms are in the Atlantic flyway. And in looking at it they find that these flyways are actually like the western flyway. So they go in and look at what were mallards like. You guys tracking what I'm saying here?
1: I'm following yep. you. They're able to
0: go look at like what were mallards like 150 years ago. Okay? And then what has happened since people started doing these game farm mallards? And they found that in the western U.S., the mallards are the same as historical mallards, okay? So specimens from 150 years ago still resemble ducks in the western U.S. But they've established that in the eastern North America, so in the eastern part of the country where you have these game farms, that mallards are not genetically the same thing as they were 150 years ago inbreeding with released game farm mallards is the source of the unique genetic signature now found in high abundance across the atlantic flyway and sadly that's me saying sadly not him to some extent now being found in the mississippi flyway the eastern mallard so mallards in the eastern u.s are becoming a game farm wild hybrid swarm. Oh. Huh. There is, if you kill a mallard in the eastern U.S., there is only about a 10% chance that that duck is pure North American mallard. Oh,
2: that's it. Mm. Really it's about a
0: 90% chance that some of a bitch is part fake mallard from <laughs> game farm stocking practices. Oh. Not a bummer. Yeah, hunting should be easier, huh?
4: so i mean do you consider what we're doing right now fishing
0: you mean because we're fishing uh introduced fish
4: yeah i mean it sounds like if we're gonna say that hunting for introduced ducks doesn't count as hunting then no what it's we're not doing right ducks. here
0: if someone was if we were in a little you know when you go to a sportsman show and they have a kiddie pool filled with trout yes do i think that's fishing I'm going to go ahead and guess no. And I, I would agree think with you. That, that was fishing. Game farm mallards are not it's like preserve pheasants and wild pheasants. Okay. okay. You're fishing wild fish.
4: Not They well, were introduced in, in this moment we are, but there are plenty of places where you're fishing for hatchery raised fish that have been planted. There are tons of put and take stocked fisheries all over this country.
0: Yeah, I would call people, those
4: semi-fake fish. You would call those semi-fake.
0: Fish. But here's the thing. Picture that you're in a place where you already have something good. You have mallards, you have wild yeah. mallards, but you're taking something that's existing in there and corrupting it by adding like an easier version of it. It's not the same thing. So, I mean, we, we
4: do have an example of that from fishing. Lay it on me. I would say all the stocking practices that are happening on the West Coast with anadromous fish, with your steelhead, with your salmon, those are contributing to a population decline in the wild fish, but people love to catch them. Okay. And they want to be able to take those fish. You've got a whole industry built around taking fish. Yep. And as a result of that, you've got a diminishing wild population. Then condemn it. That's that's a tough thing to do. When you condemn that, you're Ooh, essentially nice perch, con- nice perch. When you can, when you condemn that, you're essentially shutting down any kind of harvest from those fisheries because the wild stocks are so down they can't sustain them.
0: Okay. I. That may be. And I agree that there are a lot of areas with fisheries and even some areas with hunting that are confused. Okay. But I don't feel the need to be so consistent that I can't point out a version of things that I think is is kind of perverse. And I think that that having in an area that has wild mallards and wild duck hunting, to have it be that you're and, and that's a native bird right absolutely it's a native distinct bird and you're corrupting that in the exact same landscape where it survives If you be like let's say you had let's say you had in air okay here's a great example here's a great example take gould's turkeys down in southern arizona mm-hmm. okay you have these island mountain chains that have had these historic populations of gould's turkeys that someone said, "Yeah, goulds are cool, but there's just not that many of them." And they started just dumping shitloads of pen-raised Eastern turkeys into those mountains. Would you feel that that was a travesty? Absolutely. And for the and record, and then you lost the Gould's turkey. For the record,
4: I am not in favor of the practice that you're talking about, and I'm not happy about this change or the the information you just laid out. It was more of like a semantic conversation about yes. that doesn't count as hunting when I just sort of thought like I'm sitting here catching completely non-native fish out of a stock pond thinking does this count as fishing right so I think there are these very fine lines that you have to look at sure you can talk about how introducing certain species to be able to hunter fish them has negative impact on the the native species and that's problematic right and that's one argument but then to yeah. say that introduced species don't count as as hunting like that gets to be problematic, I think, for people. I think that gets to be an issue that can be sensitive and can, can rub people
0: the wrong way. Okay, so I'll change all my words around. Uh, I'll say the same thing but use different words. Okay. Um, in this case, I think that that is, is uh, uh, trying to take different words that aren't swear words. <laughs> 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 well, well, we'll let it rest. Yeah, no. I'm sick by my analogy. Okay, let's say this. Let's do this one. You're here in the Rocky Mountain West. Let's say you had some pristine high mountain lake that had some beautiful native cutthroat that had been in there for thousands of years doing its own thing. And they're rare and they're hard to catch, but they're there. And then some days some guys like, you know what to make this lake really great fishing? Is let's dump a whole bunch of a different kind of cutthroat in there. Cause they get bigger and they're easier to catch. And then 150 years later, someone looks and says, "You know what? That unusual, like endemic, uh, trout that was found nowhere else doesn't exist anymore because some guy thought it was too hard to catch."
4: Absolutely, and I mean that happens. This is not—we're we're talking about hypotheticals—but a lot of the, the fish species, the trout species around here, were put in because they get bigger and they're easier to catch, or maybe not easier to catch, but more fun to catch than the natives. What did they do? They outcompeted them. We're on the same page.
0: Hey, man, after years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by overpriced wireless providers, if you've learned anything, it's that there is always a catch. So when I heard that for a limited time, all Mint Mobile wireless plans are $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan, I thought, well, what's the catch? But it turns out there isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they sell wireless service online. They cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet savings directly to you. Ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for 15 bucks a month. To so get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, Go to mintmobile.com slash meat eater. That's mintmobile.com slash meat eater. Call your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash meat eater.
2: $45 upfront payment required, equivalent to $15 per month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speeds slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details
0: man i'm just coming back uh, not too long ago from youth turkey season in wisconsin now last year at youth turkey season it rained and snowed the whole time this year at youth turkey season it was in the 70s and even up to 80 so me and my kids are pouring it to it and I, after a while i realized they didn't drink anything all day and they haven't drank anything all day well that's why it's important to get hydrated and have something you're gonna like to help you encourage you to get hydrated. doesn't matter. Outdoor events, turkey hunting, playing sports, beach days, mountain adventures, summer requires extraordinary hydration that's built for everyday dehydrating moments. With three times the electrolytes of the leading sports drink, plus eight vitamins and nutrients in a single stick, it's clear why Liquid IV is the number one powdered hydration brand in America. Tear, pour, live more. Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code MEATEATER at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. One last little bit of listener feedback. We were talking about the gnome unicorn, or I'm sorry, the gnome catching a mermaid shirt. The controversial gnome catching a mermaid shirt. And the guy's wondering, uh, are mermaids oviparous or viviparous? Do you guys what? know what that means?
2: No. I was just going to ask you what both of those words mean. You don't know? Oviparous. Viviparous. And viviparous.
0: This guy that asked this question, uh, his his signature line, you know how you'll have a signature line that just tells you like what you do for life or whatever? His signature line is a college student. <laughs> <laughs> Does that mean do they breathe underwater
3: or uh, do they breathe air? do
0: reproduction. Oh. so oh. viviparous are those uh, you know cr- uh, creatures who produce living young instead of eggs from within the body.
2: Oh no, okay.
0: In the manner of nearly all mammals, many reptiles, and a few fishes. Oviparous are animals that lay eggs with little or no other embryonic development within the mother.
2: Ova, ovum. There so, we go. So,
0: like a perch, for instance, here would be an oviparous
2: eggs. creature. Yeah. Got it.
0: But viviparous, would, like you know, there's some, you ever see some sharks that have like an egg sac that they have with like a very developed? It'll even be like like on them.
2: Uh huh. Like very developed out, yeah. little
0: shark inside it. But he's wondering about mermaids. That's a great question because I don't know huh. what... Uh, I don't really even understand the orifice scenario on a mermaid. Oh. Hmm. Like, I don't know. <laughs> what orifices are on a mermaid mm. and what they do and how many there are.
1: Do they even eat? They, have they to, might they not. gotta eat. Why? They live in a fantasy world. Yeah, maybe they subsist off of uh, dreams. <laughs> yeah.
2: What What do you think? Do you think they
0: like that? There's no sex for mermaids.
2: Oh, so then they'd be okay. Yeah, I have no uh, idea. No.
0: I like to think yeah. that that I like to think that they have that as part of their lives. Uh, that's it for uh, looser feedback. Now, uh, Spencer, <laughs> let's dive into because uh, I want I want to dive back into the fact checker situation. That's what we're <laughs> here to talk about. Fact Checker is a series. Are you the only person that writes Fact Checkers? Uh, Brody Henderson has written a few. Fact Checker is a series where you take things that everyone knows is to be true because they were told that it's true mm-hmm. by their grandfather who learned it from their grandfather. Yep. And passed along from generation. And you just know that it's
5: true. Right. Outdoorsmen specifically.
0: Yeah, these are outdoors fact che- outdoorsmen. Mm-hmm. Things that we all know are like, oh, of course. Everyone knows that that's a buck shit. Yep, that's not a doe shit. <laughs> yep, or that's a buck track. That's not a doe track. Mm-hmm. Or that little spike horn will never become a big, huge, giant buck because he's a spike horn, that's and right. everyone knows that a spike is never going to be a big buck. Mm-hmm.
5: Or hey, that's a six point. He must be two. All things that are like just widely accepted among sportsmen. Full moon. That's no good for hunting. Mm-hmm. Yep. The most recent one that we covered, was you,
0: about... Spencer, I was so distracted that a fish almost took my rod.
5: <laughs> but it didn't. But it didn't. I caught it just in time. Go on. The, the most recent one was, do you lose half of your body heat <laughs> through your head? <laughs> of course you do. All, all I think all <laughs> God-fearing Midwestern parents have repeated that to their children. I've heard as
0: much as 75%. I, I, yeah, I thought it was 70%. More. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So... um, um when I tell my kids, I'm like, put, they're like, I'm cold. i like, put your hat on. But my head's not cold. <laughs> I'll tell them, yeah, but all your body heat goes out your head. <laughs> Perfect. So yes. they're like, my, my, uh, I'm cold. Put your mittens on. My hands aren't cold. Or my hands are cold. i like, put your gloves on. But my hands are cold. Or I'm sorry, my hands are cold. i like, put your jacket on. But it's my hands that are cold. They, they
5: think that each thing has its own little life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, for these fact checkers, I always try to track down the origin of where these things might have started. And it's often not very easy, but this one was very specific about you losing half of your body heat through your head, and it. Uh, Where's the bait puck? The Man. earliest, the earliest mention of this is from a the U.S. Army field manual in the 1950s, which said, "Isn't that full of a lot of like weird bogus stuff?" A lot stuff? of stuff. Yep. Hmm. How could things. that be true? Uh because it was the nineteen fifties, I suppose.
0: Oh, so you think it's a lot of ideas that have just fallen from favor?
5: Yeah. Yeah. So so this was from the nineteen fifties, it said you lose forty to forty five percent of your body heat through your head. This idea has been revisited since with better science, uh more specific science. I, I I don't even uh know what they were basing this off of. It was something about um some Arctic studies that they had done. Where they had people bundle way up but leave their head not bundled and then they, they tracked how cold they were getting. Um uh, but, but it wasn't very accurate. The more modern studies have shown that this is not true. You actually lose seven to ten percent of your body. Oh
2: heat wow, that's significantly less. Through your head.
5: Not fifty yeah. to seventy five percent. No, no. It's uh it's actually pretty simple. It's it's just like the amount of skin showing, the proportion of that to the body heat that you lose. So like your head is like seven to 10% of the skin on your body. Yeah. So then that is the amount of heat that you'll lose. Huh. And, and so it's like simple, if you were wearing shorts in the winter, uh, then heat is escaping through nice your legs. Funny. If you're not wearing a hat in the winter, then heat is escaping through your head.
2: What if you have like a lot of hair and you take a shower and your hair is wet hmm. and you go out? And it, like, is cold enough where your wet hair turns to icicles, which sometimes will happen with me. Is that, is, like, the head some kind of conduit, though, for...
5: That's a good question. ...colder temperatures
2: or something, just because there's...
5: Maybe. The the modern studies didn't uh, look at women showering and walking (laughs) outside. So I don't know the answer there.
2: All right, we'll have Uh, a opportunity.
5: (laughs) (laughs) Simply put. Uh, the amount of heat you lose is proportionate to the amount of skin showing.
2: Okay, interesting. All right. Hit me with another
5: one. Hit me with another thing that I know is true. Uh, another one. So big box stores, if they me. find out. Hold on, you said? You're telling me that, okay, I'm,
0: I'm, I had a hard time with the transition there. Mm-hmm. Okay, go on. Because I'm trying to fix my boys fishing
5: right Okay, okay. So another one that all outdoorsmen have heard at some point is that if somebody kills a big giant buck, oh, yeah, yeah. That then their phone is blowing up with phone calls from outdoor stores like Sportsman's Warehouse, Cabela's, Bass Pro, Gander Mountain, all clamoring to buy the antlers from whatever you just killed. Which I know is true. You've, you've heard this before, right? Met someone. I, yeah, yeah, I
1: know a guy that uh, sold... And I'll
0: tell you, when you're done, I'll tell you the story, because mm-hmm. this might be the exception to the rule. But go on.
5: Yeah, So so, so
1: I,
0: you I,
5: shoot a big buck, and all of a sudden you get rich because you sell it to a big box mm-hmm. store. And, and you, you hear about this every year. Oh, this, for sure. I've heard people. about my whole life. Yeah, yeah. The earliest one that I can think of, when I was a kid, uh, one of my buddies in his house, his dad had... This enormous whitetail rack above their fireplace. It was a perfect 4 by 4 It's the biggest 4 by 4 I've ever seen in my life. And I had been told uh, that Cabela's had called them every year offering them more and more money. (laughs) Like persistent. Yeah, yeah. and they had just turned them down. Like, nope, it's a family heirloom. Our grandpa found them on the farmland. Uh, We're not interested in giving them up. But Cabela's would not let it rest. Would not let it rest. That was like the earliest example I can think of with this. And what what amount of money did it get to? uh, So let's come back to that at the end. About, like, what... No, what kind of money were they getting offered? Oh, I, I don't According know. According to the myth. I, I don't know. Okay. It, it, this was a, a middle school memory that I since revisited when I called uh, his dad to see if that was a reality or not. But I, I, I put out a calling to other people who've killed big giant bucks, big giant elk, um, to see what their experience has been. And one of the guys that got back to me was Joshua Bruce. He killed the second biggest whitetail in Mississippi state history. Oh, cool. wow. Um, and it was shortly after he killed this deer, he Did got you know a, uh Jeff Foxworthy.
0: No, that was Georgia. Sorry. Recently <laughs> killed like an arch or some kind of
5: biggest archery buck mm. for the year. Didn't know that. Go on. Uh, so Joshua Bruce, he killed the second biggest buck in Mississippi's state history. Okay. Shortly after he killed it, he got an offer from a local sporting goods store owner for 30 to $35,000.
1: For real. For wow. Real. For and, the, uh, I want to know, is it for the originals or does it, does it the original. cast count? Yep,
5: yep. For the original. Wow. So uh, Joshua was mulling over this offer and he had taken his time. He had taken about a week to uh, decide if he was going to accept this offer. And before he was going to get back to this sporting goods store owner, this local chain in the South, uh, Bass Pearl approached him with quote unquote, a better offer. Now, in the contract... No shit, that, but they're that, wanting to buy it. Buy it. It's like oh, mine. Yep. Yeah, okay. So in the contract that uh, Joshua signed with Bass Pro when he ended up selling these, it was agreed upon that he couldn't disclose um, what the exchange exactly was. So Joshua... Oh, because they're trying to protect the market. Yeah. Joshua couldn't mm-hmm. tell me what Bass Pro paid, but he said it was a better offer. With that better offer came a large exchange of money, um, they then gave him some replicas as well, and they are now displaying that buck in their museum in Springfield, Missouri. So he did the huh. sale? He did the sale. This is an interesting thing, too, because you can't sell game meat, but you can sell parts. So, uh, that's it's a great example of this. Um, Joshua killed his deer on, I believe it's uh, Miles Island or Giles Island. It's this world-famous duck and deer hunting island um, that is positioned between Mississippi and Louisiana. You can hunt there with a tag for either one. He had a Louisiana tag that he killed this deer with and when it came time to sell it, it hit a snag because in Louisiana, you are allowed to sell antlers because they're considered like uh, a piece of art. Okay. Mm. But in Mississippi, it's considered part of the game animal, so mm. you can't so you couldn't do it. So he had to actually end up getting Uh, Like a written letter from local game wardens and the DA allowing him to sell this. No. Yeah. And it was some amount of money, more than thirty-five grand. So he he couldn't, I asked him that specifically, he couldn't say yes or no. Because he signed a deal never to disclose some. Right, but he said it was a better offer to him. So it could have had something to do with the replicas that he was offered. Um, It was also very valuable to him to have it in that King of Bucks display at the museum. So I, I don't know the exact amount of money. Huh, Luke Brewster, he recently killed... So so this is one of those fact checkers that's true. Yeah. Yep. In, but I think it's rarer than people put it. This. Okay, go on. Every then I'll time, tell you the story every I time I'll tell you a version of how this went. Yeah. But go on. Uh, Luke Brewster recently killed the world Who's record. Who's that? He recently killed the world record whitetail. That's what he's famous for. Yes. So he's not someone I should know prior to that. Nope. Okay. He killed this world record whitetail in Illinois in 2018. Uh... He was offered a Blake check, basically, for his deer, and well, he that said That can no. be true. It, I, I'm, so so I, he
0: could have put down um, three billion dollars.
1: <laughs> uh,
2: nice
1: one, Yanni. Uh, no, I don't think so. You got a he, little perch over there, Yanni. Yeah, I'd like you to. I didn't want to interrupt earlier, but now I will. This is my second perch of the day. <laughs> I'm, I'm. I got a slow start, but it's picking up for me.
5: He made it very well known that he wasn't uh, going to shop his deer, and so he just hasn't got any offers since.
1: Oh. He's
5: hanging on to it. Yes. He's not interested in giving somebody the real thing, even if it meant he could have a replica of his own. He's a fool. The, re- the <laughs>
0: replica part of this is interesting. Kind of where part of the deal is they'll
5: make you a replica of your deer. Mm-hmm. I really had s- interesting. somebody else who didn't want to be in the article um, they, they didn't want their name used. Um, like they let me interview him. Who and was they, it? They don't. Well, <laughs> uh, <laughs> they gave me all these details. I don't and, like being with Yanni when he's fishing
0: because uh, he doesn't catch that many. But then he uh, he doesn't pay any attention to anything anybody's talking about. We're going.
5: <laughs> so I I I, uh, I promised him I wouldn't write about it. Uh, but I'll, I'll give a few details. He here. Held you held your promise. Yeah. Yeah, that's did. good.
2: Spencer's a man of his word. But I won't even Spencer's
5: like a legit journalist. Man. Uh, yeah, sometimes I don't even want to say what kind of animal he killed because it might be too easy to figure out. It was in recent years, this guy killed one of the biggest of this critter in the world. Wow. Uh, what color is it? <laughs>
3: <laughs> Steve.
2: He to then
5: tannish? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he then got offered hundred thousand dollars. Really? And he turned it down. He was not interested. He Who recently shot it. the biggest something, Yanni?
1: I don't follow that kind of stuff that closely.
5: And he he didn't want me to discuss this in the article because he didn't. Uh, he said he, there's crime in the area he lives, and he didn't mm-hmm. want it to be out there that oh, he had something in his yeah, home yeah. worth a hundred thousand dollars. That somebody yeah, could just like I mean, dude, break in and thief it. Oh, okay, yeah. So that's that's why he didn't care to uh, have that written about or have any specifics. He didn't want so, word out. But a hundred thousand dollars is what he was offered. Doesn't want to do it. Wouldn't do it. And uh, uh, just doesn't even want to it know. It's kind of like, uh, that's cool. I, I respect it, but it's kind of hard for me to picture. Oh, yeah. When, when I was writing like, this. Like, I just take
0: a bunch of pictures, get the replica made, and then take the $100,000 and go hunt my ass off.
5: My wife tested me. She asked me, she's like, what What would yeah. it cost for someone to buy, like, your biggest deer mount? And I was like, 300 bucks. <laughs> 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 not, it it that's doesn't. it?
3: Come three hundred dollars to pay a for bit the
5: more. shoulder mount and sell them. I, I'd be fine with that. <laughs> Man, I, gotta, I but got. But then the loans, loans. Why, I why did you have it done in the first
1: place? <laughs> Phil, you got student loans still? Oh hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, you're still. You're still I mean, yeah. young though. Yeah. 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 Why? Yeah. Why did you have the shoulder mount done in the first place? If you'd sell it oh, for I, I to like, break I either. like having
5: it. Um. Okay, maybe not $300, three hundred, five hundred. How about that?
2: That's it. That's still. I'm just like
5: it's not. It's not so important to me that I can't possibly not have it. I have the memory. I have the pictures. Um, like those things.
1: Okay, but that, way, that, that, way
5: more people will ever see the pictures of the deer than they will the exact antlers.
1: I want to, uh, but that's yeah. not what we're talking about. I want to go back to, let's say, Spencer. If you mm-hmm. killed the state record whitetail for for no South Dakota, mm-hmm. would you sell it? Uh,
5: I I could give you an example. I killed the state record real grand turkey with my bow in South Dakota. Oh come on, really? Yeah. Well, no, I'm, I believe you, but I just don't believe that I don't believe that it's, I don't believe in, uh, Turkey speciation. Scoring of turkeys. <laughs> oh, okay. It had three beards. It had three beards, uh, weighed like 23 pounds. I have all this documented.
1: <laughs> yeah, okay. but this and, is not uh, going to be a good counter argument uh, because no one really cares okay, about Okay, so you them. have to turkeys. state
5: record turkey. Just real, so people understand. I, I, we
0: have to help people understand. Help. <laughs> there's a thing. There's a, there's a form of mental masturbation. <laughs> Called turkey measuring, <laughs> and in turkey measuring, correct me if I'm wrong, Spencer. Okay, it's the turkey's weight. It's some function. It's some <laughs> like like it, some expression weight. of the turkey's weight. Spur length. the length of his spur, and then the length of his beard. But if the turkey gets multiple beards, mm-hmm. you measure them all so that some you people have <laughs> turkey beards that are. In the twenties. Yeah, so
5: my mine, for example, had a triple beard. Uh, it had 11, 9, and seven, so twenty seven inches of beard. Wow. Which is like the that's the big multiplier when you score. Okay, so okay,
0: let's continue this. So you have a world record. I, I you have, have a state record turkey. State record I think it's like it's number six. State s- record archery turkey for Yeah, South I think Dakota. it's I think
5: it's like thirteen in the world. And for what equipment and nope. what uh, kind of what kind of offers have you been fielding? I have tried to give it away. <laughs> I called uh the Smithsonian Natural History Museum. They're not interested in it. I've tried giving it to Bass Pro and Cabela's. They're not interested in it. I don't have it mounted though. Like I have all the the uh fan, the beards, the spurs, all that stuff is preserved. So all they would have to do you is have just what take you it. need to get it mounted. Yes, and then they would just mount it and pay the 500 bucks or whatever it is to to mount a turkey. Um but nobody's interested in it. And and that was also part of this fact checkers that one guy um who didn't want me to give his name, was a former trophy curator for Bass Pro yeah. slash Cabela's. Yeah. Uh, he said that these places are sitting on such a big inventory of mounts that a lot of them will just never see like a showroom floor because it's they're not like clamoring to have uh, just like average critters anymore. And so to them, a Rio Grande turkey with three beards is just like, eh, don't, don't eat it. Mm-hmm. Yanni will now tell you the
0: story that we know. Ooh, Yanni tied into his third fish of the day. Yanni will now tell you the story we know, and I'll have my thumb up or down depending on (laughs) how good of a job I think he's doing at remembering the details. Mm -hmm. So my thumb is level right now.
1: I I think you should just tell it. I don't remember the details all that well. He already gave up. Are you talking about Buck's story? Yeah. I mean I can give you a very, very let me hear what you got. Let me hear what you got. Very,
0: very abridged version of it. Do you remember the circumstances under which he was hunting?
1: Uh no. I remember you mean that he was guiding somebody? Wasn't. He wasn't. But I thought that he was guiding somebody and then they didn't kill the bull, right? That's correct. Yeah. And it was a giant. He was like, dude, you should really kill him and the guys didn't like something about the bull's antlers, didn't have enough or wasn't wide enough or something, and Buck's like, you're an idiot. Later, Buck's out hunting by himself, and he's like, you know, no. He was just out hunting by himself. Yeah, you remember and, this really well. And uh, happened to come you across. Remember, you remember better than I do, because I forgot the part <laughs> about the client. Come across the same bull, and, and Buck wasn't looking for that bull, but happened to come across that same bull and shot it. And then, I don't, I don't know how it all went down, but somehow he ended up getting a large sum of money It's for some...
0: It crazy a giant I don't want to throw a number a giant moose he would bring it because he would go down to the Harris Harrisburg yep. sportsman Spania. show yeah yep. yeah he's heading there next week so he would go to the Harrisburg show and he would to, to book clients and he'd bring this big ass moose skull down there to be like hey look at the giant moose that come off my place right you can picture this mm-hmm. he'd use it as like an advertisement well the way he tells it one of the Cabela's brothers, I feel like it, like Dick Cabela's or whoever, sees it, and he's like, "Man, do I like that moose!" So, sends one of his fellers over there to negotiate, and then Buck sold it for like a pretty good chunk of money,
3: mm-hmm. tens
0: of thousands. Yeah, I don't remember how many tens, two tens, whatever it was. He's probably pissed because he didn't ask. He was not like. <laughs> Got a good chunk of change for this thing. Mm-hmm. And he knows where it's on display now.
5: Yeah. And if he wanted badly enough, he could have a replica made of it. Yeah. And still come out ahead.
0: Uh, do you know where, uh, where did you, why did you do that one? Like where did that
5: one come up from? Just your own mind? Yeah. Because that that's just like such a common thing you hear at the bar or the guys drinking coffee uh, every weekday morning at 8 a.m. talk about whatever. And like I said, back to that middle school example of of my buddy's antlers on the wall. I called his dad when I was working on this because I thought that would be the best way to track down if this is reality or not. And he said, uh, no. He had never gotten offered any amount of money for those antlers. That was just like a a, a schoolyard rumor. The only offer that he ever got was from a guy in town offered him a brand new wash machine (laughs) for the antlers. Huh. He said no. Turn that down. Three, four grand. <laughs> I, 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 don't know. Uh, I don't
0: know. I don't know what the washing machine cost? Dishwasher, or clothes washer. What uh, like clothes washer? Huh. You know what brand? What model?
5: I don't know. the <laughs> The guy, uh, the guy owned a furniture store. Oh. And the guy with the antlers told me he's like, yeah, uh, you know, I just think if if our wives knew about that, we'd both get divorced because his wife would be upset that he was offering a wash machine for antlers, and my wife would be upset that I turned him down. Not taking a new washing machine for antlers.
0: Oh, that's a good point.
5: So they had to keep it secret. It, uh, yes, but it was not, uh, it wasn't like I remembered it from middle school where Cabellus was blowing up their phone every year. Upping off the morning. offer, being yep. like at some point he's got a crack. Yep, yep. But so it absolutely happens, but it's yep. not like as prevalent as you think where every year so-and-so in your county kills a big something and then... Cabelas is just showing up with fistfuls of cash or Bass Pro. Okay, hit me with the next one.
1: No, I still want to know if uh, Spencer, if you killed the the record, South Dakota record, South Dakota record, you'd sell it or keep it? I'd sell it. You uh, how much though? Five thousand dollars. That's it, huh? What about it you guys? It wouldn't take much. Yeah, you, I, I'd sell. I'd sell for sure. Yeah, because do. they're just uh, material things. So's money. <laughs> yeah, but money can be turned into
2: experiences there
1: you go oh man, I'm with you or philanthropy I don't know well, whatever you know but it's just like I don't know ah.
0: but there still has to be a point at which you would or wouldn't do it I don't want to like belabor the point but for Sam like like I have a nice mule deer I have a mule deer that I'm very happy to have mm-hmm. if someone said they were gonna give me a couple thousand dollars for it I wouldn't take it you wouldn't a couple thousand dollars yeah, yeah
2: what about like fifteen thousand or like twenty thousand. Yeah. Yeah. Gets up
0: there. Okay. They'd have to do me the replica. Okay.
2: All right. Twenty, sure. Yeah.
0: We used to play a much worse version of this, and it was basically like, at what dollar figure would you do various things? <laughs> mine involved Larry King. <laughs> <laughs> mine, mine, I don't want to get into details. Yeah, I think I, think I you can put it together. <laughs> I came in surpri- I came in surprisingly low, and uh, people were, were shocked at how low. I came in at to do a certain activity, with Larry King. Um,
5: okay, hit me with another one, Spencer. Uh, this is another one that when I talked to our editorial team, we had people from California to South Dakota, Pennsylvania. Everyone had heard this, and it was just like an accepted deal. And it's that baby rattlesnakes are more dangerous because they can't or no. Won't. I'll tell you why.
0: I already know why. Okay, all right. Because uh, they have little baby venom, and it's more potent. And they haven't yet developed the mechanism by which you stop the flow of venom. Mm-hmm. So that when this baby rattler gets a hold of you, he just, in this spasm of lust, lets all of his venom into you and you die.
5: Yeah. They just can't Not control it. Of course
0: that's true. Right.
5: And then on the contrary, <laughs> that, that assumes that a, uh, a large or an adult rattlesnake would control that and wouldn't throw is much venom because
0: he's more mature and
5: right, and, and, and they need something. Developed. They need like they, they need something in the reserve for later because if a rattlesnake doesn't uh, have venom, oh, that's they, they, why he that's does. That's interesting. Well, that, okay. Like it's yeah. just part of the yeah. potential explanation. Uh, okay. The reality and that's is all true. It's all false. <laughs> it's all false Uh, no I knew it wasn't true but I'd still tell people I still have told people that throughout my life and I've definitely heard it Mm -hmm. so young rattlesnakes and old rattlesnakes alike can control the amount of venom that they throw and the probability of you getting a dry bite which is a bite without venom is just as likely whether it's a one foot rattler or a five foot rattler
2: oh really? so like if you're out and you God forbid, have a snake bite you. It's very possible that there's no venom in that, and there's
5: yeah, they 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 can uh, choose to not throw any venom at all. Oh, really? Like he makes the choice. Yeah, I thought it was. I thought when it was a dry bite, I didn't know that it was a
0: conscious decision of the snake. Mm -hmm. I thought it was like just the whatever, you know, like uh, the circumstances, or he was low on venom, or so he can just be
5: like, "I'm going to get you, but no venom." Yep. So age is an indicator of. Or, excuse me, age is not an indicator of whether or not they'll give you a dry bite. And it, if I remember this correctly, they're more likely to throw dry bites on uh, when they're, like, uh, feeling defensive. Like, get the hell out of my face sort of thing. More likely to throw a dry bite. Yes. Whereas, like, what? if they want to kill something that they're going to eat, uh, like a snake. Yeah. Or, excuse me, like a, a rabbit or whatever. Then they'll use their venom to kill it. And it helps with the digestion, I believe. Uh, the venom does. So, if if they're like defensive, more likely to be dry. That's if they're
2: interesting,
5: view something as prey, then it's more likely to have the venom. Prince on, on to one. I
2: wonder how many. There we Ooh, go. Jumbo perch. Get him up. Double. Oh, oh. No. I wonder how many people get bitten by a rattlesnake and don't need the anti venom for it because because there's no venom in there. Oh, like, yeah, that's right, a good point. like, you know. Like,
0: you see a rattlesnake bite you. Right, and you're and like. And you run down uh, yeah. and you're like, holy shit, I got bit by a rattler.
2: Yeah.
5: So what do you, there, what do you then do? There is some truth in that smaller, stakes, smaller snakes can have more potent venom. Um, but venom has over 100 active compounds, and it varies based on a number of things like age. Diet, location, how long ago it ate, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so a baby rattlesnake could potentially have more potent venom. Um, okay. But adult snakes store 20 to 50 times more venom. So like a simple way to, to put a bow on this is that the bigger the snake, the bigger the consequences. Okay. Even if a baby rattlesnake has more potent venom, it does not outweigh the fact that a large rattlesnake can throw so so much more venom okay. at you the load you size is so different mm-hmm. yep
0: hit me another one how many do you got right now
5: uh i got a few more
0: yeah a few going.
5: more let me know jimmy get him buddy
0: oh yeah oh i got him oh so
5: oh, another one is that you can identify a buck versus a doe by the scat yes this one yeah this one you've heard
0: I've heard that you can identify buck versus doe with the scat. But more than that, I've heard that, and there is something to this, that you can tell uh, that there's a difference. You'll be able to help me with this. Winter scat, summer scat, there's a difference, but it's not actually that. It's just like whether they're eating browse or green feed. So just
5: roll that into the whole thing. We'll talk about it. Yanni, is this one you've heard too?
1: Yeah, I Where's think so? Who's got the bait puck. You Yeah, I think i so. I've heard it said sometimes between bulls and cows. Like one what's co- what's the difference? One comes out like a big glob and the other one comes out uh, you know, in pellets. That has to do with what they've been eating. Yeah, I think so. So
5: that's that's a widely believed thing is that um a pile of scat that's in pellet form would be from a <sighs> doe, whereas a big pile of like lumpy scat would be from a buck. Yeah. And I heard this from like one of the smartest deer hunters I know, and he heard it from his grandpa. Um, so that like, and he's been me.
0: walking around his whole life being like, "There's a the buck scat."
5: Yes, he he is as good of a whitetail killer as I know.
0: Do you, uh, okay, go on, because I want to ask you if you believe in this in turkeys. Yes. Okay, but go on. Okay. Um.
5: So like that that was the origin. So can for you me tell? Let's just
0: start. Let's go. Let's clean it up. Cause we're making a mess mm-hmm. out of this. Can you tell a buck's shit? From a doe's
5: shit. No. The reality is that when you have the pellet piles, that is an indication of what they've been eating. So when you have the pellet piles, that means they were eating firmer foods, drier foods like leaves, twigs, acorns, grains. Um, The lumpy piles of scat means that they're eating softer, more moist foods. Like grasses, fruits, clover, alfalfa. Yeah, like when you're out in a fresh hayfield, you're likely to find clumped up, clumpy poops. Mm-hmm. It has nothing to do with the sex of a deer. It's not that uh, bucks and does have different digestive tracts, so they're they're throwing out different scat. And, and I'm also like, I want to be cautious when I'm writing these that I'm not creating a scarecrow man for some of these. Meaning that I'm not uh, like taking something. That isn't really widely believed, and just like throwing this out there so I can then and pretending tear it down. that it's widely believed, right? Yeah. But uh, this this That's was smart. one this is one that I was fearful of that it was like making a scarecrow man, but like you m- feel like it's not discussed enough. I I thought maybe this one isn't actually that widely believed, and it's just Johnny. You're under giant bass right now.
1: I don't know what. Oh, I oh wow, here. Yanni. I'm just pulling something up, but he's on dead old, weight. It's an old boot. Yeah, it feels like dead weight.
0: <laughs> yeah. What do you got? Were you on the camera? It popped
1: off. Oh. Huh.
0: No. Just chunk weeds. Hmm. Okay. Tell me about turkeys now.
5: Well, so hold on. Oh, okay. So I I wanted, like, uh, I was worried that this might have been a case of that, that I was creating a scarecrow man to, like, tear down with this. But, man, did people come out in the Facebook comments. Like, we had 500 Facebook comments the first time this article was posted. Saying, like, (laughs) no. Saying, you computer nerd. (laughs) That's not right. You need to spend more time in the woods. (laughs) Computer. Uh, I I know this is true. um, And one of the theories as to why this is true is that a buck spends more time in its bed. So then it has... uh, the crap building up in its system, like it that. just comes out all lumpy. Whereas does, they're just moving around all the time. Shit everywhere So went. then, then their, their crap just comes out and just spraying out in pellets. Five hundred Facebook comments. Five hundred Facebook comments. So the box pellets and are
1: compacted into a lump. That that was that was better. what
5: many many people wanted. And if you spent more time in the, in the woods, comments. you'd know this. That's right. Yep. So so then uh, afterwards, I felt vindicated that. It's not this a, is something many, many people believe. It's no Scarecrow, man. Yeah, and, and before you like write in to, to Steve or me or whatever, um, about half of those 500 comments were people saying that the only way to actually tell is taste. What is that? I heard that funny joke many, many times. And it, it just wasn't funny anymore. So no need to, to tell us that one again.
1: <laughs> I do believe maybe you should check into this. I'm a firm believer from my experiences that I can smell the difference between uh, not not does and bucks, but bull and cow urine. Oh, I buy that. Put that I, on your list. Spencer. I feel like when you can when even in the woods you when you smell elk, you mm-hmm. can smell a bull or you can smell cows. And yeah, I don't. Sometimes I want to. I want to think that the bull's urine is browner and more concentrated. For I just missed one.
0: I thought you had a, like an
1: X. <laughs> <laughs> While we're on just the talking subject. about urine, yeah. yeah. No, uh, I really do believe that. I could
5: buy that one, especially during the ro- Whoa! What Uh-oh. do you got here, Corinne? Uh-oh. You guys are
0: on each other. Hold on, it. Oh. <laughs> Guys, oh. stop, guys, stop look guys,
5: look at that fish.
0: <laughs> <my>. That fish <laughs> ate both. That <Whoa. laughs> yeah, fish ate both jigs. Nah, I've never seen that. You know what? He's coming on chartreuse twice. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay, Crimpole. What a gluttonous fish. <laughs> Tighten your drag down. You got a whole mess. Crank. Crank, 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 crank. Oh, that's your line stop? Yeah. Okay, you're good. Man, that means someone is not <laughs> fishing well. Because that fish had to move a long ways. <laughs> un, un, undetected.
2: I'm not, um, you know, two things at the same time. I'm focusing on Spencer. What's Spencer?
0: Okay,
5: Spencer's back up now, man. Mm-hmm. That, that was fun. So another one that I covered was... Does gutting a critter... Oh, hold on. Back,
0: I want to back oh, up. Okay, Are okay. you going to fact check? Is your next fact checker going to be called can Giannis tell a bull's piss from a cow's piss? <laughs> we can do that. We could try it, All right, and then the turkey thing. Yeah. But I know it to be true mm-hmm. that a hen turkey has a different shit than a tom. Yeah. A tom throws a J-hook shit. Mm-hmm. You know why? Because something about how, it's something to do with the shape of the cloaca and like the reproductive organs and whatnot, and a hen has a little squirt, and a and a gobbler throws a J-hook turd. You buy that? Fact check
5: that. I do buy that. Huh. Oh, okay. But I should fact check just because I need. I can't always be like, nope, this isn't true. Your dad was wrong. Okay. So this is one we could be like, yeah, yeah. Throw that in your fact checker. Your haunting mentor was correct. Yep. Throw that in your fact checker. I
0: got them all day long for you, man. Mm-hmm. You want another one? Sure. Is it true that if you heart shot a skunk, he won't spray? <laughs> Is that widely understood? Phil, you know, you do, are, do you understand that to be true? <laughs> it's the first I've heard of it, I got to <laughs> admit. <laughs> Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off, plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code MEATEATER at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. Get incredible deals on premium cuts from ButcherBox. Do you like free protein for a whole year? Well, deals this good are hard to come by at the grocery store. You'll get exclusive deals as a member, too. Sign up at ButcherBox.com Meat MeatEater and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free-for-a-year offer plus an additional $20 off. Choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free and every order for a year. So every box you get has that in it free for a year. Sign up today at ButcherBox.com slash eater. Make sure you use code MeatEater to choose your free-for-a-year offer plus $20 off your first order.
5: Another one I wrote that uh, was inspired by you was, does gutting something make your farts smell like guts?
0: uh, Yes, people, uh,
5: listen, not inspired by me. (laughs) Not inspired by me. Somebody inspired you. I would say It's a
0: very, Mm -hmm. people are ready to fight over this. This issue almost caused, when we were doing live podcasts, it almost caused a riot in the audience when I said that, no, people know that there's rabbit farts, duck farts. Yep. That's a drink, actually. That's a pretty good ice fishing drink. Um, yeah, that you got something,
1: and then later you uh, will pass gas. Uh, uh, okay, Let, let's, let's hear the scientific <laughs> answer. Because well, I'm trying is... to lay out what the theory no, is. No, that's good. No, yeah, I'm glad. I just all those people that want to fight about this. I just they're they're a little childish.
5: Okay, go on. So I want to do some like uh, some polling for this. I reach out to ten of my buddies, that are the biggest hunters I know, and I asked them if this you experience. You didn't ask me. Yeah, how professor? could that be true? <laughs> <laughs> you didn't ask me. Besides you guys. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Who do you know? <laughs> Six of the ten of them said it happens to them. Why didn't you ask me? Because you texted me about this, so I assumed that you were like confirming. This is something that happens to you.
0: No, no.
5: I don't think this happens. Okay. Uh, uh,
0: Why didn't you ask Yanni?
5: I assumed Yanni was like I assumed so you guys. You're just sitting there dialing up all the people and you know that and, and never talked to me about well, right, Yanni. I can add you to the polling. So now <laughs> it's six out of eleven. Yanni, has this happened to you? No. Nope. Okay. Six of twelve. Six of the twelve biggest hunters. So you're, I know. You're, uh, you're you know that that's a very statistically significant change. Yeah, yeah. So 6 of 12, said it happened to them. Um, A few of them specifically said that, like, birds are the worst. Like, (laughs) ducks and pheasants, they create the worst gut farts later on. Gut farts? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I then uh, found a forum that had discussed this a handful of years ago, and it had over 100 responses. The question was, does gutting a bird then make your farts smell like guts? This had over 100 responses to it. <laughs> <laughs> 23% said that it happened to them.
0: Oh, my God. Okay, I, 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 hold up man. now. Mm-hmm. Corinne, you don't gut a lot of things. No, <laughs> okay. I don't. Is this, um, as you're hearing this, are you thinking like, oh,
2: that makes total sense? No, it sounds oh. like complete and utter nonsense.
0: Yeah.
2: I mean, what are your, like, the, the guts of an animal... Release into the air, yes, and your skin pores suck that into <laughs> yes. your system,
1: and then it and goes it into, into somehow, somehow goes turns through. into yeah. flatulence, uh-huh. yeah,
2: into your um intestines, yes, into air pockets in your intestines, and turns into flatulence. It can
1: be explained, but we know it's true. <laughs> Don't you know? Yes,
0: that's what happens. So now Spencer will give you his bogus mm-hmm.
1: explanation.
5: So uh, the answer is. <laughs> his foolish explanation for this. The answer is no. <laughs> what? <laughs> Gutting something does not then make yeah, your guess. Okay, but here's, here's, my he, problem. here's my problem with this one. Uh-huh.
0: How is this? Who, who's researching this? me <laughs> okay. but, but so I mean, whole, uh, like maybe
2: maybe it's like there's some kind of smell or some something that's released into the air that is like stuck in your olfactory system and then and you it's like only fart liberated. and you like can't forget and like only
0: farts can liberate it <laughs> yeah what does it have no, to do no, with no, like no, your no, no,
1: no 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 that's not <laughs> what she's saying she's saying that it's stuck in your olfactory and then the, later, you or your buddies fart, and, be, <laughs> yeah. and because it's in there, you smell it, and you go, oh, doesn't yeah, it have yeah, a tangent? Yeah. that's
2: a th- what I mean. Well, no, because picture... You.
1: Okay, picture this. Picture there's a half
0: dozen guys. <laughs> there's a half dozen people hanging out. Not guys, just men and women mixed. Yeah, they both fart. <laughs> okay. Men... Uh, there's a large group. Five of them, the day before, had been gutting rabbits. Okay? Mm-hmm. The sixth was... else. They couldn't go. Mm-hmm. But now they're here at this, they're here drinking beer. hmm Okay. Now, the five who were gutting rabbits, their flatulence will resemble the, the smell of the rabbits. If it's trapped fart particles <laughs> like, <laughs> stuck in your nose that are then liberated by farts, then... That'd be a way to—I don't know. You see, what I'm getting at? That'd be a yeah. way to test it. Yep. Okay. So, because they don't have those particles stuck in their nose. The sixth <laughs> person. Yeah. So a fart would enter their nose. They would, would say,
1: <laughs> "No, that just smells like a normal fart. <laughs> yeah, I don't, sm- I don't smell yeah, rabbit." Yeah, no, dude, that just
0: smells like all of mine. I don't Not smell like my rab- rabbit one. Okay, yeah. but go
5: on. Um, so you you texted me about this at the end of October. Uh, uh, you had been. What, in- I
0: want to clarify a point.
5: Yeah. I texted
0: you this would be a good thing to look into. Mm-hmm. Uh,
5: no, no, no. Uh, I I know. So you texted me at this the, the end of the end of October. Um I had killed a deer that weekend. Mm-hmm. And this this has never happened to me before. You texted me about this. I then had a bowel movement later that day and it smelled like the mule deer guts. So at that moment I knew I'm like this is in my head. Seriously. Because Steve just brought this to my attention. You had you had a bowel movement. Yep. And it, that had never happened to me before, where it smelled like that.
2: It really could have been psychosomatic.
5: So th- then the real research. Do you,
0: do you use that word often?
5: Those, those two words, bowel movement. No. 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 I thought for your listeners. Yeah, well, I appreciate best. it. Best young ears here, Jimmy. Um. So the farts are composed of swallowed air and then a cocktail of gases like carbon really- dioxide, hydrogen. And, and other trace gases. So if this was going to be a reality. I had two theories. A fart this. has a lot of nice fish. Get them up. Get them up. Get them up. Get them up. Oh, Ooh. yeah. Ooh, Jimmy's on to
0: one too. Double header. Get him, buddy. Oh, got him.
2: High five, Jimmy.
0: Perch and a bluegill. Okay, so so flatulence mm-hmm. is composed of swallowed air. Swallowed air. A no, a mix of noxious gases. hmm
1: Yep. Corinne, give yourself some slack. You're going to poke yourself otherwise. Oh. And what else? Just open the bale.
5: Just like a cocktail of gases and swallowed air. Okay, gotcha. Um, So with that, my theory was then that this could either be like a transdermal thing where you're handling the guts a whole bunch and somehow it like seeps through your skin. It's just so powerful that it then affects your gas. That, That could be one thing. Or another thing is that you're huffing these fumes so much while you're gutting an animal that because there's swallowed air that creates your farts like the smelly uh, air is then changing how your farts smell. Yeah. Yeah. Those are the two things I thought, okay. Because what else else could it it be? Yeah, what else else could it be? So I reached out to Dr. Alan Lazara. Been on the podcast before. um, And he said firmly, no. And he said, what's happening here is described as deja (laughs) poo. I love (laughs) it. Um, so, it, <laughs> and he said there's. there's I remember this email. It's not. <laughs> my favorite part of it was deja vu. Yeah, it's not 100% explained, but it's one of two things going on. Either, uh, remnant gut pile particles are resting on your nose hair, your mustache, your beard, your hands, whatever it may And they're be. liberated by someone else's fart.
1: Dot uh, Corinne, you. That's knew. what Corinne mm-hmm. was saying.
0: I don't yep. think that doesn't make any sense.
5: So that, that could be one oh of the things. Oh my God, I guessed. Another is that, uh, The memory of game gut odor is triggered in the hippocampus and mammillary bodies after smelling another similar smelling fart down the line. Yes. And his quote was that olfactory signals, which control our sense of smell, go through the hippocampus and mammillary bodies, which are integral to memory formation and recall. So it's similar to like, if you smell banana bread and it makes you think of your mom. (laughs) Yeah, it's, uh, it's like that. Your your memory and your well, sense of yeah. smell are very, very closely linked. Like if I had a
0: bunch of rotten eggs, mm-hmm. so you had a bunch of rotten eggs and it's yep. sulfur. Then another a couple of days later, someone rips one, and you're like, oh, <laughs> right? Yeah, because it's just you're just you're remembering how nasty those rotten
5: eggs were. Mm-hmm. So déjà vu.
2: I love that term.
5: And and when we posted this one on Facebook. There were many, many people that volunteered to have me smell their farts. <laughs> so then I would know that this is, in fact, what happens. There were also many people that volunteered their wives to uh, confirm that their husband's gas smells like rabbit farts or, or uh, deer rabbit gut guts. farts. Yeah. Huh. Uh, it's the they, same people who told you to eat the uh, right. mm-hmm. Yeah. Same people. So... Uh, Many Uh, volunteers.
0: People wrote in to say, go ask my wife. Yes. My flatulence smells like a rabbit that I gutted. Mm Mm-hmm. Was she there for the gutting?
5: I would assume not. Huh. And that's that's why they felt so strongly that when their wives could confirm that mid-November, their husband's farts (laughs) just smell (laughs) dank like deer guts, that uh, this has to be what's happening.
0: Yeah. (sighs) I want to say that you put a nail in the coffin on this one, but I can't say that you put a nail in the coffin. I think there's a, lot of unanswered, there's a lot of
5: unanswered questions. I feel pretty confident that it's in your head. No doubt.
0: I don't have this problem. I think that my nose my nose, isn't hairy enough to hold the old particles that are liberated.
5: Okay, hit me another one, Spencer. Another one is looking at if the farmer's almanac is accurate. Yeah, are there still holdouts that think that it is? They, they There's multiple... Of these, there's the old Farmer's Almanac and the Farmer's Almanac, both of which have sold tens of millions of copies. Uh-huh. Like these are still very, very popular. Who puts things. this out? The Farmer's Almanac and the Old Farmer's Almanac. Oh, so that's
0: like the, that's like the name of the okay. yes. They yeah.
5: are separate publications, but they both kind of dabble in the same thing.
0: The Farmer's Almanac and the Old Farmer's Almanac. Mm-hmm. Imagine a lot of people are like, "Well, I'll take the old one." <laughs> so, like, what's your familiarity with
5: the Farmer's Almanac?
0: I've never read one. My familiarity, we would always have them when I was young, and my familiarity let me let me I'll speak to it this way uh like like growing up, people would have a thing like the, an attitude about the farmer's almanac was kind of like, uh, you can argue all you want, and I don't know how they do <laughs> what they do, but right yeah, yeah, like like, th- like they would defend it mm hmm and they'd, and they'd be like, Well, I c I can't explain. it's beyond
5: explanation. I don't know, but it's just always something to it. And they just like exist in uh grocery store checkout yeah. aisles where you, you pick one up and thumb through it. Yeah, you
0: can buy like a bunch of stupid stuff about celebrities, you can buy the farmer's almanac.
5: Yeah, yeah. And like when they come out, um, this is still a thing that news stations cover them and say the farmer's almanac just came out and we are in for a long time. <laughs> Wet winter or whatever, <laughs> yeah. And I think that was the example that that was used this year that this is going to be a really rough winter. Kay. So I wanted to look in because I I, I liked these things. Um, uh, like I took value in them when I was a kid. Uh, if my grandfather would say something about the farmer's almanac that they had next to the toilet about, uh, oh man, there's going to be a lot of ice for ice fishing this year. Yeah. Or yeah. Uh, shoot, those sloughs are going to freeze out because of how nasty of a winter it's going to be. So that's how it related to me as an outdoorsman. But they also have a tons of other stuff in there. Like, when you should plant your tomatoes, how to heal mosquito bites, yeah, stuff like that. But their big thing are these super long-range forecasts about what the year's weather is going to be like.
0: Yeah, it's kind of in the same, uh, I feel
5: like, like the, the gopher, the groundhog that comes out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So both of these publications started in the late 1700s and early 1800s. Wow. And they won't give up what their formula is, how they come up with what the weather is going to be eight months from now. Mm-hmm. But they will say that it's an exclusive, mathematical, and astronomical formula that relies on sunspot activity, tidal action, planetary position, and many other factors. Hmm. I, didn't far- know,
0: I didn't know they even made a. I didn't know they even went that far.
5: They don't want to give you the whole formula, but a little bit it's of it. It's proprietary, right? Uh, the Farmers' Almanac actually claims to be 80 to 85 percent accurate each year. That's from their own editors and publishers. Uh-huh. So that's their number, is that their their forecasts are that accurate? And how these really came into popularity um, was in what year was it? 1816. They inadvertently but correctly predicted that there was going to be snow in July. And what had happened was there was a volcano in Indonesia that exploded. And it caused a summer that had like rain, sleet, and snow. So they correctly predicted uh, this weather forecast that was determined by a volcano, and leveraged that into hundreds and, of years of misinformation. And they said, "Look at this," yeah. and then it just became a thing that oh, they they uh, are onto something here. So that was when, it, how it gained popularity yep. in the early 1800s. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. So I reached out to some actual meteorologists. To ask him about this,
1: can I ask you a quick question? Mm-hmm. Has it been owned like by a family or the same company? Switched hands many times uh, over the years.
5: That I that I'm not sure. That I'm not sure about. So, actual meteorologists they are in agreement that this is not accurate at all. Uh, the one said it's difficult enough to do a five-day forecast, like let alone a six-month forecast, or an eight-month forecast, or even uh, a ten-day forecast. So it's just not that easy um, to pull off. And when it comes to those secret formulas like solar activity, weather experts point out that there's no scientific backing for those methods at all. There's no scientific backing for translating sunspots in the weather Exactly. Patterns. Yep. That's not something that modern day meteorologists use at all. Okay. And like the simplest way to put this uh, is that these almanacs are to meteorology as to what astrology is to astronomy. Oh. So they're creating these horoscopes that are just vague enough and broad enough that they could be applied to almost anything with some amount of accuracy.
0: My wife just went to a tarot card reader, and boy, was he off about a couple things. (laughs) (laughs) Including that she was single. Really? (laughs) She didn't have her wedding ring on that day. He's laying the groundwork, you're single. She's like, no. I'm married and I have three children.
5: <laughs> yeah.
0: Same kind of pseudoscience. So did they, uh, did they come in with like, is there sort of a, how, how right are they?
5: Well, like the numbers that are out there as far as them being 80 to 85% accurate, that's internally, that's their own numbers. Yeah. So they can say whatever they want. Like I said, it's just vague enough that it could apply to any winter that we ever have.
0: Yeah. We have a book where you can look up your birthday and it tells you about you. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of like a, it's like astrology but a little bit different too but in every description someone reads everyone's like mm-hmm. if you confuse it like when it's your birthday and you read it you're like oh my gosh they're like a lot of times you're a pretty nice guy but sometimes you're not a nice guy <laughs> and I'm like dude how'd they know mm-hmm. but then like you can trick people and on their birthday read them some different birthday thing and they're like oh my god so true it's just like a lot of times you have good luck, but sometimes you have bad luck.
2: Okay.
0: <laughs> you're a good friend, but when you've had enough, you've had enough, and people are like,
2: "Oh my God, it's me."
0: That, that hits home.
2: That's everybody.
0: So what's uh what's next for fact checker? I don't know. What's the, the one you want
5: to do but you're scared to do? Mm. Elk urine. <laughs> yeah. Besides that, there is a good example of one that I like. I would love to know the answer to, but. When I've looked into it, I've just never came away confident that I could like report on this well and say one way or the other that this is a fact or fiction. Okay. That being, does a rutting buck taste worse? Mm. Mm. Like, can you
0: taste the rut in a buck?
5: Yeah, and and that's that's one of the things that make this makes this hard is like. uh what is a rutting buck? Like, how do you define a rutting buck? Is it, only, is it only in that week where they're breeding, or is it a buck killed in mid-October or early December? Um, and yeah, d- does it make it taste worse? Uh, does it make it taste different? Um, all those things, like, kind of make that a difficult one to tackle. And when I did start looking into this, I got into, like, the beef industry. Yeah. Where when these critters are going through... And getting slaughtered. Occasionally, they have dark cutters. Yep. Are you familiar with that?
0: Yeah, red cutter, dark cutter. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
5: And it's where the meat is so dark, like like a, a healthy, um, I guess, cow's meat would be like I don't know, a pink to a light red. Yep. What would you say that's that's accurate? Yeah. A dark cutter is like almost purple. And it has red. to do with stress levels, right? Exactly. Yep. And they've mm-hmm. looked into what causes the stress of these critters. Is it the poking and prodding with um, tools? Is it um, like the loud noises at the slaughterhouse? Is it transporting them? Is it the lack of feed? Like what is the number one
1: cause? Is it no the because they're in the line of death and they can hear their friends bellowing ahead of them. And they know that the death is imminent.
5: So what they determine is that the number one uh, thing that causes a dark cutter, is the interaction with unfamiliar animals. When they get to these slaughter facilities and all of a sudden That's a leading contributor of stress. For for cattle to be a dark cutter. That's what that I that mean, was yeah. the number one thing that caused dark cutters. The he gets mixed in with a bunch of animals he's not familiar with. Right. Whether that be like unfamiliar cattle or it could be pigs, I guess. It oh. could be bison, it could be elk. Who knows? Yeah. I, I guess it didn't uh I don't I don't recall it expanding. Phil Specifically.
3: caught himself
2: a fish. Yay. Phil. Hell yeah. <laughs>
5: <laughs> Phil, it's like your first fish you ever <laughs> Hold caught.
2: Come on. That's have my to second. A of this. <laughs> Take a
0: picture of Phil for the podcast studio. <laughs> Phil, the engineer. What's your current picture in there, Phil? I got nothing. That's great, Phil, because he's got his headset on. It makes him look like an engineer. Yeah. <laughs> a pilot. So your your nice photo. Work, Phil, you're the only person whose photo's is not in the studio. I think so, yeah.
5: Okay, go on, though. So it, yeah, being around unfamiliar animals was the number one cause. so if you took and you wanted to apply that to deer and say, like, "Would that stress out deer during the rut?" they run into all kinds of like unfamiliar deer that they haven't seen before, but there has to be a difference between like an ox that was domestically created over 10,000 years than a wild whitetail duking it out in the rut, doing yeah. something that they've always done.
0: I think another interesting thing to look at when you get around to this, when you talk to meat scientists is be that leading into their um, reproductive season, Mm -hmm. there has to be a, there's got to be some kind of hormonal shift going on. Yeah. Like I'm guessing there is like an, you know, an increase of some hormones and a decrease in other hormones. Um, And that, that could obviously have some kind of impart on the taste. I had a guy in Scotland one time tell me, that in the German market, you know, everybody's always like here, like, oh, I don't like it. It's too gamey. Mm-hmm. That when it comes to like in Germany, when they're buying red deer for a commercial sale, they like stags during the roar. So maybe they're wrong. Right. Fact check those sons of bitches.
5: Yeah. And, and that was, Cause they might be operating under some kind of erroneous assumption about what makes meat they like. And there, there is like part of that, that makes this difficult is uh, like I said, what, what is tasting worse or tasting more gamey? Because, I think uh, during the slaughterhouse studies, it's like one percent of American cattle are considered dark cutters. Okay. But in Europe, it's like three percent. Oh. So is it that they have more stressed out animals, or do they have a higher tolerance for being a dark cutter? So that's that's also something that makes this hard. It would to be like the opposite, really it would mean that
1: they have a lower tolerance. Right. That they're
5: more likely to declare an animal a dark cutter in Europe. Correct. Yeah. yeah. yeah that's what I meant.
1: Because I'm guessing a dark cutter gets pitched.
5: Uh, I think it's to like dog food. Yeah. It probably depends on what facility you're in. But that's one that I wouldn't feel like I could do justice to the question. So you're not doing it? Probably won't cover it because it would be too hard uh, to nail down. Uh, I'm not sure that you could have a right answer one way or the other. Uh, the, and you, and sp- you like to come in clean. Yes. I, I want someone to read it and then feel confident that what they read is in fact... Factual. The straight dope. Yeah.
1: But there's got to be, I mean, a lot of people study meat. Mm-hmm. There's got to be other things other than just dark cutters that have been studied by meat scientists.
0: Yeah, okay. I'd like you to talk to a couple of meat scientists before you give this one up. Uh-huh. Do your due diligence. Okay. Now that you've told people what they won't be able to read about at the <laughs> dot com, right? what are some things that people can look forward to?
5: More fact checkers? Yeah, but give me a specific. You don't uh-huh. have any in the old pipeline? They, uh, if if you want, if you have an idea for a fact checker, oh, write to us at factchecker at themeadeater.com. F A C T C H E C K E R at themeadeater.com.
0: Do you ever do the ones that are like so obviously wrong, but it's still something you hear about?
5: (sighs) Like that a porcupine can throw its quills?
0: Yes. So, so like I said, do you like
5: just just not do those because they're so stupid? I'm, I'm hesitant to, like I said, create a scarecrow man. For these yeah there was one that I was really intrigued by but I'm like this is so stupid that uh, why would I even put any time into writing this and that was that the moon phase when you're hanging an aging meat affects the quality of the meat
2: oh wow oh, yeah. oh okay.
5: that's not worth doing no no no, I know and that, that's an example yeah, no, of, because it uh, needs to
2: be a full moon so that the moon dust falls down <laughs> to uh, add the extra flavor <laughs> sure sure
0: <laughs> have you done I know we've written about this uh-huh uh we've covered this but we haven't covered it in fact checker form and it'd be kind of like recycling an old idea mm-hmm. but it might be time again because there's always new research coming out about high winds what do high winds do for deer movements what does the full moon do for deer movements um i think you could keep whittling away at that yeah because those are changing things all the time
5: yeah things we could certainly cover for Fact Checker that I, I think we've covered in other parts of our website, whether it be Mark Kenny on the podcast. Exactly. Or something Pat Durkin has written. But yeah, there there are uh as many misconceptions around whitetail movement as there are I think anything else in the outdoor community.
0: Yeah. You could also uh fact check is Giannis a true outdoors? <laughs> <laughs> What's no you know that it would be, be is it? Giannis really not? Is Giannis really not a true
1: outdoorsman? Mm-hmm. We'll and then good. once you came, <laughs> came to the conclusion there, you could then compare who is more of an outdoorsman, Steven or Giannis. There you go. <laughs> That's a good series. But I was going to add to you the email. If you have a fact checker, uh, you know, email to write in. But if you're still stuck on the, um, the uh, gut smell poops, mm-hmm. you should just attach your uh gut fart smell in that email and send it in then we can all (laughs) uh,
0: see attachment bottle it up (laughs) (laughs) love it all right uh real quick um me and Yanni are still running for president that's not changed campaign's going to heat up more later
1: yeah uh buy yourself a a ai t-shirt because uh I remember all the uh, proceeds, profits. How do we have to put it? I always forget. Just go for access. Basically, all the money that we're, we're, we're making. We're launching
0: an access project. Yeah. We're going to support an access project with all of our money that Renella Patel's 2020 raises. Campaign slogan. Hit it, Yanni. Better hunting and fishing for America. I hung a, a, a Renella Patel's 2020 sign in my garage. Nice. And I used blaze orange duct tape to hold it up. I like it. So when people walk in, they notice it. Right. It um, their eye. And then it's probably all sold out. It's probably by the time this airs maybe. might be all sold out. A lot maybe. of the venues are sold out. We have an 11 City tour coming up. Yeah. Biggest one
1: though is down in Mesa. So you might if you want to go somewhere warm this spring, maybe check out that uh, venue.
0: Yeah, uh, Meteor live off the air. A lot of them are sold out. All the VIP tickets are gone everywhere, but there might be some tickets left. Check out. it
1: out. Yeah, you never know. No, I'm saying by the time this maybe, airs. Oh, right. maybe we Currently, have, yeah, there are a
0: number of venues still selling tickets. Yeah.
1: And maybe we'll add a couple dates. You never know.
0: Check in. So come check it out. We'll have some, uh, maybe we'll like, try to roll an element of fact checker into it. People can shout out lies, and then we'll live fact check. <laughs> um and then we're also still trying to work out deal. Uh, are you familiar with this dollar dance with Cal for twenty bucks for conservation?
5: I am. When you brought that, up <laughs> I got on the no podcast, idea how that'll work. I couldn't believe that like everyone else had not heard of it before. Dollar dance? Yeah, that's just like a staple at weddings. My wife kind of half doesn't lifetime. believe me. Really? And she grew up in the same state I did. Wow.
0: Yeah. You'd go to a wedding. I'll tell you a couple things that happen at weddings. There's a dollar dance at my wedding. For a buck? Yeah. You guys did a dollar. Yes. You wife be dancing her ass off <laughs> Trying to raise some money. Did we you didn't, guys have did you guys take spawn did you guys take spawn bag material and tie up cocktail peanuts and those pastel colored mints in a spawn sack? No.
2: What? Oh, I know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about. Almonds, not peanuts, right?
0: Now, For what? In the old days when I was a boy. Duh! When Sounds you got married ages. when people got married, you'd go and on your plate would be like spawn bag mm. material. Like the mesh spawns the stuff you use to tie a spawn bag. And it'd be full of those red cocktail peanuts and those little pastel colored pink and blue mints. And you'd tie a bow on it, and that was like an appetizer snack waiting at your seat. Yeah. And you'd eat that, and then you'd eat old people's ones that didn't eat (laughs) theirs, and then eventually there'd be the dollar dance. It's like a party favor. And then someone's uncle would get wasted and tie his necktie around his head, and it was about that time you went home. Sounds like
5: most weddings. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh if, if, yeah, and when you're writing in your fact checker things, how to pull off dollar dance with Cal for 20 bucks for conservation cuz Cal's very stressed out about it, the logistics of it. But I have a feeling. I have a vision and a feverish dream it came to me that this is something that needs to happen at the live shows. <laughs> I've also been talking to my buddy from back home who he was a he had a cover band when we were in high school and um I'm thinking about having him for our, maybe for our Detroit show. I'm thinking about having him crafting up a um, a, a quick run through of all of Nugent's songs that are relevant to hunting and fishing for an open form conversation about those said songs. The, Stay yeah. tuned, ladies and gentlemen. Meteor Live off the air. You're joining us on the ice right now in, a, in in the big giant Eskimo shanty that's bigger than our podcast studio. Phil caught the second fish ever. In black jeans with a hole in the knee. <laughs> That's
1: right. Good luck charm. Hey, don't. My forget. son's been slaying the whole time. Yeah, Jimmy's definitely caught more fish than anybody else on this trip. He quit Tony. fishing. Uh, remember also go uh, and support our uh, other podcasts in the Meteor Podcast Network. There you Tell go, Johnny. Go check out. Uh, Thomas caught his third fish of his life. <laughs> <laughs> you
0: got and players. he let it swallow yep. the hook. Yeah, I got a hemostat. It's gonna
1: die. Jimmy, Phil is killed. Jimmy's going to fillet it later. <laughs> Phil killed a fish. Uh, Ryan Callahan's Cal's Week in Review. Ben O'Brien's The Hunting Collective. Remy Warren's... Oh, God. I'm a a distance. No, I didn't know that one. Cutting the distance. Mark, uh, Mark, Mark Kenyon. Kenyon's Wired to Hunt. Runt not...
0: Fresh, which is all done for the year. It's done for the year. Hemostat. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, we got to go. we got to do surgery on a bluegill. Thanks for joining <laughs> Hey, if you follow wildlife news at all, you're probably aware that the island of Maui has an incredible abundance of Axis deer, so much so that they're causing ecological damage. Well, Maui Nui venison is thinning out some of those Axis deer herds and delivering venison sticks and fresh cuts to your door. Visit MauiNuiVenison.com. That's M-A-U-I-N-U-I-Venison.com. Use promo code MeatEater for twenty percent off your order. You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without your essentials, so it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. Man, I was just in Hawaii and I had my Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie with me. And here's the deal: we're in and out of the water all the time, getting in to go spear fishing, getting out, taking the kids to the beach. I'm not gonna mess around all day putting sunscreen on, then having to get washed off. I just run a hoodie. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to columbia.com slash PFG to shop their performance fishing gear.